I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Ryan Bolin. And we love to watch. Uh, we love to watch uh, Spooktober recap number two. Spooktober mid-month recap. Mid-month, just, just seeing how you guys are doing. We're forming the, yeah, we're forming the month into two sprints. And, and bad news. Daily, daily scrum calls. Just getting a feel for where you guys are at. Yeah, bad news for uh, for people that listen to our kickoff and are excited to hear what we're doing. Bill Fox is dead! <laughs> Bill Fox is dead. <laughs> to he us. Was, to, yeah, to us. He, I mean, it, it is the spookiest time for you to end friendships over... Having to cancel a podcast appearance due to a deposition, I did not ask if he was on the stand or <laughs> or, or or participating in it from a legal standpoint. However, I'm going to infer uh, he's participating in, in in lawyer in his lawyerness uh, mainly because I don't feel like you're able to text your friends on the stand and say I can't come on your movie podcast. I'm in the middle of a deposition. Yeah, that's just my yeah. sense. We, I told, I gave him the idea to just throw the case, so he could come on. But apparently, he has priorities. Not good ones. Uh, so he'll be. He'll, we'll definitely make sure that he's on our end of the year. Which is actually, in some ways, it's a little fine. Not because I don't want Bill Fox to join us. He obviously has a perspective that differs from the three of us. Crazy pants. Uh, <laughs> but. He definitely has less movies to talk about, so I feel like one episode will be enough to get through everything that he watched, where uh, I think we're going to be pressed for time getting through all the fucking movies we've been watching. But what are we where we love to watch? We're a movie podcast. We pick a theme. We do movies over the course around uh, the month around that theme. Normally, not this time. I mean, we are doing that right now with cult <laughs> movies. Uh, if you go on our feed, that's happening. This is secondary to that because we don't want to, like we did for years and years, distract from whatever movie we're talking about by talking about Spooktober <laughs> for 40 minutes at the beginning of the episode. So what we're doing this year, which is similar to last year, is that uh, Peter, myself, joined by two frequent guests of the show, uh, Bill Fox, who, again, we heard at the beginning of the month, we'll hear at the end of the month, and Ryan Bolin uh, going through and watch as many new-to-us uh, spooky horror movies with the with the idea that we need to at least watch one a day and get 31 total. The rules between us, everyone does this a little bit differently. Our rules are there has to be a movie that nominally you've never seen, which means that if you saw it when you were seven and you don't remember it or you caught like 30 minutes on cable – 10 years ago but never watched the whole thing it counts 
It has to be horror or horror adjacent. That's a pretty wide category. We're not trying to be gatekeepers. If something doesn't end up being horror that seems like a horror movie, you're not cut out of the deal for that one. Uh, so that but Yeah, the, it could be a thriller. It could be a horror yeah. comedy. Yeah, it can definitely walk the line. It could be a mystery movie that's just very ominous. Yeah, uh, it can just have the iconography of horror movies where uh, it features witches or Frankensteins. And, you know, there's one thing that I'll be talking about. I watch a lot of kids stuff like there's nothing spooky about Mickey and Minnie's Tale of Two Witches, but it's it's a Halloween iconography <laughs> movie. Uh, and then it has to be we're, we're kind of using the 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 way that short between uh, short movies and uh, feature length movies are classified by the MPAA just as some barometer so that everyone's not watching three minute shorts. The movies have to at least be over for or 40 minutes or over in length. So a 20 minute, uh, a 23 minute ha- that was a half hour when it aired on TV. Halloween special is fun to watch, like The Great Pumpkin. If you've never seen it, it doesn't count. Uh, Masters of Horror episodes, which are 60 minutes, uh, do count. And, and for instance, to jump in there, I watched Meshes of uh, Meshes of the Day today, or Meshes, God damn it, uh, Meshes of the Afternoon. There was a prequel. Uh, but it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> that was the prequel. Is just her getting that robot. You fucked me up by texting me a joke about Remains of the Day. Um, <laughs> and they're very classic titles. Classic cutting edge comedy. You're, yeah. you're in my head, man. <laughs> but remain uh um sorry meshes of uh the afternoon i watched but uh this month because i'd never seen it and i signed up for criterion for the month and that doesn't count but i'm glad i snuck it in right yeah because it's one of the best like horror shorts of all time if not yeah, it's from the 40s strange yeah, strange, strange, a, strange a, beast it's a fucking accounts for a hashtag 52 mm-hmm. so sure good does uh, so yeah, those are kind of our, our rules. Uh, the other thing, before we kind of get into where we're at for the month, something that's really fun that we, we've done for the first time this, this year, uh, it's probably better that Bill's not on for this part so that like he doesn't have to hear us say this thing that the three of us have been doing while he just sits there. Uh, but he's a big time city lawyer, so he doesn't have time for this. He's a big uh, man with his lawyer. Let's change his job every, <laughs> let's change his job. I don't know. He's an engineer. Okay. It's important. <laughs> I legitimately am not 100% sure what he does. It's fine. No, not it's not it. a lawyer, but this week it is. Yeah, I mean, he's at a deposition. I guess maybe he is a defendant. I don't know, Peter. Are you saying anybody that's at a deposition is a lawyer? Or a judge? Is that like a St. Patrick's Day rule? <laughs> <Do> you think, <laughs> you think I've, I've spent the 90s reading John Grisham? I don't we're, know how these things work. We're all lawyers things here. I know about and things I don't. <laughs> yeah, you think it's like St. Patrick's Day where everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> Yeah, if that's actually when you become a lawyer. Instead of telling you that you pass, they they open a door, and either it's the door out or it's a door into a courtroom, and you're a lawyer. Uh, yeah, I think that is what happened. Don't. <laughs> I don't need. To, I'm not entirely sure what my company I work for does. So if if you think I need to know what other people do for jobs, you're mistaken. I think that's what Karl Marx wrote about. (laughs) Nobody knows what they do. (laughs) No one knows what they do. But we've done this now a few times where we were able to use a a kind of a video sharing app, uh, like a plug-in in Chrome, for the three of us to watch a few movies together. Um, Works really well with Shudder. Uh, as we'll as we talk about in our series finale, it does not work so well with Amazon Prime. But Peter and I still, for the first time, watched a movie together that we were covering on the show, which first time it happened in five and a half years of us doing doing this show. But uh, uh, we we have a few common ones. I think we watched like what three or four movies together over the last couple weeks. 
Yeah, we watched we caught we watched four movies together. Uh, Ryan got to catch the tail end of uh, Hack O Lantern, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we also coordinated on a few different ones. Aaron would say, "Oh, this one's really good," or Ryan would say, "Oh, this one's really good," and we would sneak them in. Um, and there were a couple like movies that dropped this month, and so that sort of uh, premiere excitement, like VHS ninety yeah. four, um, it was it was fun to just be like, "Oh." We're, we're watching this along with, with the whole world. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun to be able to have. A, last year, we did a fun horror trivia game that lasted like seven hours. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. It lasted so long, uh, which was fun. But I think in the seven hours, we went through every cart possible. Um, and, yeah, so it's been fun to do that, uh, to watch some movies together for it. I'll also note we're recording this on the 13th. So, theoretically, it hasn't even been two full weeks our goal is 31 movies. I assume we haven't gotten that far in just 13 days. Why don't we go through our totals? Uh, and then we'll, we can just go through like uh, uh, high points, nadirs, and any like little like series or fun things that you watched. And we can all go about our merry way until what I imagine will be a four hour reca- uh, ending recap episode. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you go first with your. What do you guys. Again. It's not even the night. Most people watch movies in the night, so the thirteenth isn't even over. What? What? Uh, what's your? What's your very reasonable, non-relationship destroying total you're at? Uh, right now I'm at fifty. Whoa! Okay. Normal. Just just watch. Just wrapped up Werewolves Within because I wanted to hit fifty before we recorded. Uh, <laughs> right, That's a spirit. I, I think there's something clearly wrong with you. I mean, obviously myself, <laughs> as a parent of two children, I just think that's insane. I am also at 50. I wrapped up Nightbooks with my daughter right before we started recording. Oh, that's funny. I was just listening to an interview with the the creator of that. Isn't it good? Yeah, I liked Like, it's actually one of the better... I'm going to talk about this a little. It's actually one of the better horror movies now. I, I was able to watch with my kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm at 41. Oh, dang. Um, so I think we're I was gonna say is we're all gonna have pretty high numbers this month. You guys were saying, "Oh, I don't know if I'll hit a hundred again." Um, I was like, "I'm shooting for sixty. I'm shooting for something reasonable this year." Um, now I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> let's go for eighty again." Yeah, I'm halfway there. I you're right though, Peter. Like when we did our uh, intro episode, which I think we did the last week of August, so like it, we we had some time. We were all commenting on how our lists had already gotten like our our pared down lists were in the mid one one hundred to one fifty range and and we were like but this is insane this is stupid we're never gonna get anywhere that high and something about like I had uh, some time to myself the first weekend because I was coming back from a work trip and was quarantined from my family before COVID tests came back and so I really like. I got to run up the numbers that first weekend pretty high. I think I was at 18, like on you know the third or something. And, uh, I, and uh, there was a point, I think su- that Sunday night, I texted you guys and I'm like, I think I'm going to go for 100 again. But I didn't really make that determination until, until like a, the first weekend into it and being like, oh, yeah. Not only do I, like, have the juice and the energy and I just watch 18 movies in three days and I feel fucking hyped, um, 
I I I think I'm going to be able to do it based on how much I was able to like knock out early. And obviously, I mean, I it's, it's very obviously math is the best way to enjoy movies. I did some calculations that if I keep up my pace, um, which I don't think I will because I, I that'll be able to top that first weekend in like a three day period. But the pace I'm on currently would put me at 120.6 movies. Dang. Um, so I feel like I feel pretty good saying I'm going to get. Um, a hundred, even if I hit a little bit of a of a slowed down period, but like I, you know, I went back and looked at all my totals, Peter. Uh, you tended to have the higher totals than me. I would t- my previous prior to last year where I hit 102, my total was my highest was 44, and I always felt really burnt out after it. And now I've watched 50 movies in 13 days, and I'm like, the second we're off this recording, I'm going to try to get one, maybe two in. Like I, my energy levels is super high over it and i don't know if it's just all of us texting and being excited like we talked about last year but i i feel really hyped and already super sad that we're close to the halfway point in the month yeah i i think one other trick is that i'm back in the office a little bit um which is making me want to go to sleep really early but um it does mean that like as soon as i'm done with the work day i'd knock out whatever the fuck i need to do to like be just sink into the couch and i'm still super excited and the the deal is like i've had arcs already where i've been like yeah i've had two like two and a half three star movies in a row i am starting to lose it a little bit and then i just get like a burst of energy from something and i'm like oh i could do this shit for months (laughs) like let's go (laughs) um so like it's it's there's like little mini uh mini uh, valleys i've had so far but like uh, overall, I've been having just a blast, and I've had as many uh, surprises, like, oh, I wasn't expecting much out of that, and that was actually quite wonderful, as I have had uh, disappointments, where I was like, I was really looking forward to that, but it didn't really do what I wanted it to do, so um, that's, I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the trick. I, the, my one thing I'm worried about is having enough after this week, after the week of the eleventh, uh, um, I'm a little worried about still having stuff I'm pumped for, because I'm going to in the next few days I'm going to burn through a lot of the like high anticipation ones, um, and and I'm just concerned that like I'm going to get to the end of the month and be like, yeah, I have a lot of ones that are like mop up from the rest of the year. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, I it, that is always a hard combination to figure out. Is like, what should I watch and what would I, what should I save? Because sometimes saving stuff is like, oh, I accidentally saved the moody ghost story at a time when I just needed something to, to keep me up. Like, it, it, it's not a great. There's not a perfect system for figuring out what you need to watch in a given moment and what to save. But I agree with that. There's a couple of big ones. I, I watched a few big ones. That I was excited about, and I still have a couple. Like, huge ones that I think might be five-star masterpieces based on what I've heard from people that I'm kind of saving. But then there's a lot of nights where I'm like, should I just watch it? Like, why am I why am I saving it? Um, and I don't really have a good Halloween night planned yet, so. Me neither. Me neither. I don't have, I think, I think this might be a year where I watch, like, nothing new on Halloween. Like, maybe one, one new thing. And then yeah. I just do, I do the Beetlejuice. I do um, maybe Trick or Treat. Like I may just do repeats on Halloween this year because I don't have, I don't have like one crazy one that I like need to save. I already blew VHS ninety four 
Um, I don't think I'll be able to like Halloween one. I don't think I'll be able to put off like Halloween kills or anything like that. I'm like, oh no, I'm just gonna want to watch that pretty much right away. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, how about you, Ryan? You're obviously you're. I mean, all of our paces are pretty insane. How are you feeling? Uh, Honestly, I think I'm pretty much aligned with you. That first weekend, I feel like all three of us watched a shit ton, which was really entertaining. Again, because we were like actively texting each other. You get to see what people are watching just based off what pops up on Letterbox. Um, and we watched a couple together. That was the that first weekend we did Hack a Lantern in the Pit, which were two highlights of the month. Yeah, know? those were those were both. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, the next weekend, our apartment building had a lock, a faulty lock thing. So I actually had to stay home all Saturday to be able to access our building. Oh no! So I just you know watched <laughs> horror movies all day, which was great. But no, I'm I'm still feeling pretty like driven and again it's not like out of obligation i'm just having a lot of fun and like you said it's like oh no when whenever we're done with here i'll probably try and watch one more tonight no i i also because i gotten to horror like a little bit later than both of you i feel like my list of movies i want to see is also huge so i thought it was funny that peter was saying that he's like oh i'm kind of running out in some regards of like big ones that i'm looking forward to and i looked at my like potential October list and not all I can think of was, Oh no, I'm running out of time. Like, Oh no, I want to, I want to watch so many more of these still. I didn't look at You mentioned on our kickoff episode, a couple movies that like you had never seen. that you're really excited to get to? And it wasn't until like a week before Spooktober started, I went and pulled up Letterboxd mm-hmm. and looked at your kind of guiding list. And I was like, Holy shit, Ryan, there is like, you could have, you listed like five examples. There was probably 75 examples. Oh yeah. That you could have, you could have listed. And um, yeah, you, you still have a ton to pull for him. I would actually recommend to you personally that you need to stop watching stuff like See No Evil 2 and whatever the weird weed one you watched was. See <laughs> No Evil 2. Well, usually those ones end up being uh, like while I work out or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to waste like a good movie uh, and then like miss out yeah. on it and be like, I don't know, I wasn't scared. I was also, you know, running. Great. Sure. Yeah, I, no, yes, I, I, have, I, get, I have. I get it. Yeah. I have movies that I have marked as exercise bike movies, um, and that is uh, that is that is a specific category where you're like, okay, well, no one said this was good, so, but I I, I watched the trailer, or I really like the director, or something is like, it's pulling me there, um, and I've so I've had a few this month that have surprised me from that category, and a few that I was like, yeah, I'm glad I was doing something else during this. <laughs> Uh, so I can kick off with a little stuff, and then we can go, uh, Peter, and let our guests kind of uh, wrap us up here at the end. So uh, I um, he, here's kind of like where I'm at from a just a general. Uh, well, I think part of the reason why I'm feeling good is that even though I had a list of like a pared down list, I think of to 130 some movies before we start. I think it started at 108 when we recorded. It got up to 130. But I I I did the trick that I finally learned last year. That I think has really changed my Spooktober. Like this one weird trick that changes how you approach Spooktober. Uh, doctors don't want you to know about it. Um, and that is <laughs> Sam like, from Trick or Treat doesn't want you to know this one weird trick. <laughs> I was in previous years, and I think this kind of accounts for my burnout a little bit, that I would be a little bit too slavishly devoted to my list. This idea that I'm going to take a look at, you know, I'm going to have time for 40 to 50 movies. And I'm going to take a look at um, my watches and I'm going to perfectly like put together this this list of 
here's the silent movie. Here's a couple new ones I'm excited about. Here's a 70s Grindhouse movie. Here's a Giallo movie. And, like, kind of put together that kind of perfect combination where I'm watching a bunch of different mini genres. And I'm trying to, like, plan out the pace. And the thing that happened last year, partially because we were all texting and communicating and, and watching so much more than normal, is, like, I used my list as a as a mild guide as opposed to anything that, like, well, I can't add stuff to this list because I'm never going to get to all of them. It's fine if I'm never going to get to all of them. It's something, like, it's something that I think Peter and I always talked about, but, but uh... I didn't move. It's hard to internalize. Yeah, I well, but I also like I, I talked about in the sense of like uh go with what you feel like watching in the confines of a list. And it wasn't usually until the last week of Spooktober after I hit 31, where sometimes I would let that v- valve go and like, oh, okay, well, I'll add this one. This one kind of is calling my name. And I think just letting yourself go off book, even with a massive list, the second you feel like it, we talked about that last year, has really changed uh the way I've I, I've watched of those 50 movies, I watched a 11 movies uh, that weren't on my initial list of like 130 and it, some of them are just like looking at your guys's lists and what you're rating stuff and going oh you know Brian or Peter really like that fuck it I'm gonna watch that tonight that se- that seems interesting or reading a review or something or seeing something posted in like our horror or horror Facebook group where when they do the daily recaps and going oh fuck I'll watch that tonight like I um, you know, or even just like, hey, I'm going to scroll through Shudder and you know what? Prom night feels like it's at my level right now. Like I'm a little too tired, but I could watch an 80 minute slasher that everyone says is mediocre at best. Like just being able to just go with whatever the flow is while using my my list as a guide is so helpful. And then also something I didn't realize that was happening that was 100% happening. I talked about this a little in our kickoff episode. I was getting sick at looking at my list. Like I was getting, like, in the same way that you get bored watching the same movies over and over, I think in previous years, like, look, pulling up my list so often and just looking at the same covers, I was sick of movies that I had never seen. And Your so eyes I just was glaze really, over? Yeah, it's almost like you find hard, like, oh, this movie I passed up for the last 20 nights. I'm down to this and four other movies I've passed <laughs> over for the last 20 nights. I guess I got to pick one of them. And that makes you not excited to watch the movie, even if it's a movie that you were excited enough to put on your list at some point. So I, I know that sounds insane, but it, it's a true thing that was happening where it's like, fucking, I'm, I'm so sick of looking at Deep Red. I have no desire to see this movie just because it, it felt forced on you. And when you're watching this many movies and you feel like you have an obligation, that's when uh, I think some of the fun gets sucked out and you feel burnout. I think last year when I watched twice as many movies as I ever had before was the first year that I had not felt any burnout and was energized. And I, I really think, again, that key of like, yeah, make a list, but go with whatever you want on a nightly basis. It's just there to remind you of movies. It's not your perfectly curated Spooktober watch list has really kind of um, made it a lot more fun, to be honest. Um, the other theme, and Peter, I think you're going to talk about this from a Molly perspective. So my my daughter Maya loves watching movies with me and loves watching scary movies. Uh, I'm having a super challenge right now to figure out movies that are appropriate for her and that I haven't seen that I haven't seen being the really like tough tough thing because like yeah there's tons of like quasi spooky PG PG 13 
horror movies that you can watch, but it doesn't count for me. Uh, and that's what's really the most important part of the season, which I've explained to her many times. Also, side note, Maya is definitely going to walk into the world thinking that people know what Spooktober is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or she'll be like, I can see oh, yeah, Spooktober where all of our dads watching movies nonstop. And be like, what? You know, and then we get to watch scary stuff with them in the basement. We stop reading at night, <laughs> you know, for a month so we can watch scary stuff. You, you know that. But she refers to it as like it's a real thing and uh, she calls it Spooktober. And uh, I, I explained to her when she asked, like, why can't we watch uh, Gremlins 2 again? I'm like, well, Maya. We've already seen it once. <laughs> yeah, we've already seen it. November. We can watch Gremlins two again, but it's it's Spooktober. So and it's like, oh yeah, well if it's Spooktober, did you uh, throw out the yeah. calendar I gave you earlier? She's gonna she's gonna grow up, and it's gonna be like Festivus for George Costanza. Yeah, <laughs> where like she will not want like. Just the, the concept of, like, she's going to be with her friends and be like, come over, it's Spooktober. And everyone's going to be like, what's Spooktober? Oh, it's this dumb holiday my dad and this dumb friends. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be better where they're like, she'll be in high school and some kids will be like, I heard of this old scary movie, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, we used to watch the Spooktober. I've seen this when I was like a kid. I, this is true. I ended up watching it myself for the first time and I really liked it. Don't be afraid of the dark. Don't be afraid of the dark is on a ton of those. Um scary movies that are appropriate for kids because i don't really care about swearing or even like a reasonable amount of like blood or spooks she handles all that well she 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 likes all that stuff the problem is is like horror and, and like sex stuff is so synonymous and you can't just like <laughs> you can't show to, to the joke i had about the seventh curse like you can't show a, a seven-year-old like Oh, here's a woman cutting a piece of flesh out of her tit and expecting like that to be like something that's not going to completely fuck up her development or understand <laughs> like how the human body works. So um, finding spooky movies that are not insanely gory I haven't seen and don't uh, and don't aren't like too intense and don't have like nudity and sex stuff is challenging. And I had rented. Um, so don't be afraid of the dark is on a ton of those lists that I found like you know, uh, Halloween movies that are appropriate for, like, kids ages 8 to 13 or whatever. And I went to go I, – but I had never seen it, and I went to go – I rented it, and when I hit play on it, it came up as rated R, and I'm like, oh, wait. Should I be watching a rated R movie with her that, like, I have never seen before for for a 7-year-old's first rated R movie? Like, I know some dude on Letterboxd thought this was fine, but... <laughs> In <laughs> theory, know. if I had kids, I'd be fine with it. She's crying at 2 a.m. She's like, And you're like, don't worry. It's fine. A weirdo on the internet <laughs> said it was okay. Some random <laughs> shut-in. Thinks that this plus Adam's family, he would show you if he ever, <laughs> if he ever got his little hands on you. I guess is what he said to me. Yeah, I, so I I ended up watching it that night without him, her, and we picked something else. And I will say, I actually think it, Maya would have been fine. But don't be afraid of the dark. That's pretty. Yeah, much. I was thinking it was fine because there's like definitely no sex. Do you think that was the person referring absolutely to the remake? Because it wasn't there. Wasn't it a remake? Or sorry, wasn't it a remake of an old TV movie? I think so. Uh, no, it's it's, Maybe it's a letter one. I don't know. It's a letterbox list, so it was definitely a bit. And I saw it on a couple of them. It would have been fine. I'm actually, like super surprised that movie is rated R. Yeah, I would. Uh, I kind of just assumed it was PG thirteen from what I remember. Is it rated R for like terror? 
Terror and like, yeah, uh, teeth stuff, stuff, teeth stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but I, I mean, Night Books, which is rated PG, was like I actually think that was likely scarier than than Don't Be Afraid of the Dark would have been. For her, I think maybe the difference is that Don't Be Afraid of the Dark also has an unhappy ending. So maybe like that, like, hey, that's mo- most of the PG rated movies that you show kids don't have the kind of horror movie endings where it's like, yeah, the girl survived. The mom's dead, though. <laughs> um, so maybe <laughs> maybe that was a little bit of it. And that was another one that was actually OK, which is 47 meters down, uh, uncaged, which is like fine. Um, but it also is a it's a it's a like Deep Blue Sea. It even has a Deep Blue Sea moment. Like a hundred percent, a the dad of some girls giving a speech, only to get eaten and killed by sharks, chomped up. Uh, and uh, but that was also her first exposure to a serial killer movie because the there's like a bunch of girls and they keep slowly getting eaten by this like blind cave shark that's tracking them all down. And that experience was very funny just because she's like, another one is dead. Like, <laughs> like she just hadn't seen that many movies where like people get picked off, and she was like. You know, I think I messaged you guys that her takeaway was like, these girls are going to have to find a bunch of new friends. Like, <laughs> just the real world implications. I watched some other stuff that, like, isn't the kid stuff that, like, was fine. Like, uh, my babysitter uh, is a vampire was by the director of uh, uh, Pontypool. Oh. Which was kind of fun. Oh, really? That's yeah. funny. Um, and so that was, like, it was actually pretty good. Um, like, for something that was, like, aired on Disney Channel in 2010. It was 100% directed at her. Uh, and then I watched, uh, unfortunately, uh, we I watched the uh, original Buffy the Vampire Slayer with her. For uh, I'd never seen it. She liked it quite a bit. And then uh, Disney uh, Muppets Haunted Ma- Mansion was kind of uh, okay. Fun to see the Muppets. Wish they would be in better stuff. <laughs> uh, and then a couple I was actually surprised were fine that I watched with her was uh, the first Hotel Transylvania movie is actually pretty good for like a kid's animated movie that's not like a Pixar Disney thing. Like it's funny. It has like a really good message. It has a lot of cool like horror nods and stuff like that because it's a hotel full of monsters. Like for something that I thought was like going to be an Ice Age, Scorched Earth, we just want money from your kids thing. It um it was actually pretty good. Uh, and then uh, slightly below it on the list, but still s- somewhat surprising. Uh, Who Be Halloween, which is probably the first new Adam Sandler movie I've seen in 10 years. I had heard that it was kind of okay for a straight to Netflix Adam Sandler movie. And it was kind of okay. <laughs> like it was uh, Adam Sandler doing a dumb voice, like one of his worst voices. <laughs> Maybe not little Nicky bad. And Maya was very confused as to what he was saying the whole time. Um, but she she thought it was funny and it has a couple, you know, a, a few actually good laughs in there. So that was somewhat surprising. And then also with my kids, this is with Elliot. I watched The Nadir of Cinema, which is Spooky Buddies. <laughs> Um, which it's my third Airbud movie. And, uh, I gotta say, whoever is writing these things, just like, they are just a cry from for help. I don't, it's like, it's, they hate kids. They've never met a kid. They're writing these things like just to stop parents from reaching for Quaaludes. Uh, Everyone, including the dogs is on Quaaludes. Like it just, 
it it is something, Peter, that you and I, if we ever found a dumb reason to do it, would be fun to do on the show. Just because it is, I don't. I, my guess is they're not all like this, but the amount of insane decisions in a short amount of time isn't search for Santa Paws level, but it is in that ballpark. So yeah, <laughs> we talked about this in the search for Santa Paws level, or the search for Santa Paws uh, episode we did, and. I do genuinely think the trick there is that parents now very often don't watch movies with their kids. They just put, they just, there's movies that end up on the screen because parents are like, okay, well, I need, I have a million things going on and I need to like occupy my child for a period of time. Whereas in the old days, like movies had to be somewhat of an actual movie. Um, yeah, you gotta get the family. Parents were sitting and yeah. watching them with their kids. Yeah. Um, which also creates things like the Goonies, which are movies that are like kind of for no one because they're not really yeah. for kids, but also adults think they're stupid as shit. But anyways, yeah. there's um, a lot of those. With, with that, it feels like it's like it's like parents are supposed to walk in the room and be like, yeah, I guess it's a it's a ghost story. I guess that's why there's a ghost dog, but they don't see the scene where the dog's soul is ripped out of its body. <laughs> I think just seeing the ghost dog, there's like a puppy that dies in the beginning and then he's a ghost that looks like a bad casper thing um i mean that <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a that's a fucking very subtle uh knock uh that's a very subtle uh a- absolutely uh demolishing knock on that movie because casper has some of the worst cgi of all time <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's definitely worse and it's worse because like casper you just gotta do a goofy circle cartoon boy <laughs> like try they like tried to make a puppy in it does does not does not work. But yeah, I mean, they are just plotted completely insane. They're just these horrific things that happen throughout the movie that no one cares about. And of course, the golden retrievers do just look like that. There one ghost puppy survives out of five, which means that four puppies die in the beginning of your G-rated spooky <laughs> yeah. buddies movie. But in keeping with that, like Peter, I think that idea is faulty because I do think that kids have an innate sense of like what's entertaining and what's not. My kids both abandoned me. Through four spooky buddies. Maya, like, 20 minutes in, she's like, I am bored. I'm going to go do something else. Elliot, about 30, 40 minutes in. And then, because I started it for Spooktober, there's Dad on a Sunday afternoon having to watch another 50 <laughs> minutes of spooky buddies by myself. So I can check it off this list for you, Chuckleheads. God. And it was God. worth it. Yeah. 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 I think I think at some point we're going to have to cover that piece of shit, right? <laughs> So those were those were the family ones. The other kind of nadirs I had were um, uh, a couple that we that were still fun to watch with the people on this call. Uh, we're kind of made our second movie night together, not as strong as our first. <laughs> I thought both Fade to Black was, which is I guess a, something that has some cultural or cult cachet, was just a just a boring piece of garbage. Uh, <laughs> I know we all watched it. It's bad. I don't know what else to say. Um, One good thing, they cast a really good Marilyn Monroe lookalike. They did, yeah. That's true, yes. Yeah. Uh, And then Witchboard, which I heard was a batshit crazy 80s horror movie, which was kind of like an Ouija board gets... I mean, I liked when the Ouija board got shot. (laughs) That one was funnier, I think. Fade to Black was, like, sadder and slower, and, like, it 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 was cool to see Baby Mickey Rourke. Um, which board was like funny and yeah, we, we, it was, I mean, that also might've been because at that point I had had more beers, but, um, <laughs> you know, it was funnier at least. Um, it did and, not and match the, the highs of our first, our first No, night. that was just high, high, high. 
I uh, one I'll just mention like so there's a Snow White a Tale of Terror is like the only other 90s horror movie featuring Sam Neill. Sam Neill had a great horror run in the 90s. Uh, he didn't do that many horror movies, but he the ones that he did I have a their special place in my heart for and so as such Sam Neill and Sigourney Weaver and Snow White a Tale of Terror I, re- I I saw it at the video store all the time. I even rented it a few times, and I just never got around to it because part of it looked boring. <laughs> it kind of looked boring. Like the back, I'm like, I'm gonna like it as Sam Neill uh, in a horror movie, and you know, I'm sure it'll be some cool stuff. And I finally got around to watching it, and surprising no one, it's super boring. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> it, you know what was one of the funniest thing was it has like a baby Monica Kina as uh, Snow White, um, but it, it again it's just a movie that like is for no one. It's not like it's not gory. It's not like n- there's not a ton of nudity. It's not like while you know Sigourney Weaver and Sam Neill can like ham it up with the best of them when it comes to like spooky stuff, but it's like very ornate, very like period focused and. And then just tells a weird, boring version of the Grimm's fairy tale. It, it does feel like, how can we make a super boring movie <laughs> with a property we don't have to pay for? And if that's what they were doing, challenge succeeded. Some of these movies get buried in the um, distribution channels uh, for a reason. Yeah. A couple mid-range ones I would call out that were kind of fun to discover. Like, nothing to write home about. But, like, I had a lot of fun with Antrim, uh, which I feel like is getting... Um, is getting some not so good has gotten some not so good reviews it's this idea of they do like 10 minutes setting up this movie as like a cigarette burns type situation where the movie itself drove people to go crazy and kill other people and as such it was banned and no one could watch it and and here this this they've discovered it and the the kind of hook is that you're going to get to see the weirdo film and they preface it like there's also this weird stuff that seems to be spliced in or overwritten on the frame and they don't know if that's part of the film or something that some other people did to vandalize it later on, but they're going to present it as this Preservation Society found it. And it it has some really good spooky moments. It's ultimately another kind of mid-range movie that I watched so far called Begotten. I think, Peter, you called it really well that, like, Begotten is a movie that would have worked really even better under that frame, which is just a weirdo fucking gory movie with no dialogue that doesn't really quite make sense, but it feels impossible to look away at, uh, from. Uh, Begotten was another fun one. Um, <laughs> fun feels like a weird way to describe that, but it was like just one of those things that I heard some interesting things about, was very curious about, kind of saved it. Um, but it is like a weird retelling of... I mean, it's not really. They say it's the retelling of the book of Genesis, but uh, there's a guy who plays God killing himself or whatever, and he opens the door just digging in his chest and tearing out his guts, and uh, there's no dialogue, there's barely any music, it's just a lot of brutality. Um, but I, it definitely uh, it was hard to look away from. It was it was an odd, odd, odd movie. Uh, and then some of the real, the like the real good ones that I watched, uh, like my so my two five stars uh, so far this month were Over the Garden Wall, is uh, somewhat of a mini series. It just aired in ten parts on on Adult Swim, to, uh, but it's a hundred minutes. It is um, essentially was made as a movie, and it is like this: Elijah Woods in the cast, Christopher Lloyd's in the cast. It's this story. It really takes a while to get going, but it just starts with two kids lost in this dark forest. 
and you have no idea why they got there, why they're wearing what they're wearing, and they keep finding uh, horrifying and terrifying things. It really does have some creepy moments. Um, my kids both absolutely loved it. I've watched it twice because they end up watching it again the next day. Um, and it is uh, something that, like, forever people told me that I needed to see it. Uh, and it absolutely lived up to the hype. It is something that I can see myself watching over and over uh, through the years. And then one that I really pushed hard on you guys last night. Uh, the Seventh Curse is my other five-bagger. Uh, which is a it's, a... it's a movie by the director of Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Uh, which is actually a movie I've never seen, but I've heard insane it's, things about. It's fucking crazy. I mean I, I mean, I believe it based on the descriptions. But also this movie. This is, you know, we did... We did that uh, bat shit, or what was it, Bug Nuts Month in our first year, and I, I talked about Gokei, the the body snatcher, and like how much I appreciate maximalism in movies. Like, let's just every scene's a new thing, and we're gonna throw everything <laughs> through this. And like, this is an eighty minute movie that like feels like a fever dream. There's so much stuff happening, but it's not just that. It's like every dialogue, every way that a scene is is framed. Framed makes me laugh so goddamn hard. Like, it, it's just, I told you guys, like, I it's really hard to watch. It's been hard to watch for a long time. There's an HD copy on Amazon that you can rent or buy. It's the only, like, for $3. Way to get it. For, uh, for some reason, it's like, it's, it's a, a weird price, even. Yeah, but when I was done watching it, knowing that I couldn't get a Blu-ray or a DVD and no other service had it, I, I paid the $10 to buy it because I'm like, well, I need to be able to watch even if this gets pulled down from the Amazon store uh 99.99% of the time or whatever you if you bought it you still have access to it and so I did that because I'm like I until this is more widely available I can't lose this little masterpiece I've discovered um uh yeah it's, it's so good dude it, so it's good. been on my list for years and then it came off Amazon I think you made the right choice it came off Amazon it went on Amazon um, and, uh, I, I was like, oh, shucks, how, how are you even watching that? And you're like, well, it's back on Amazon. So it's like if John Woo and Sam Raimi made a movie together, um, because there's lots of shootouts and such, like a John Woo movie. Um, but it has that Sam Raimi sort of spooka blast quality as well, where like randomly a incredibly, incredibly ridiculous, a uh, special effect will happen where a body is just like torn into composite pieces and blood will squirt everywhere. And you're like, yeah. Oh, you could have gotten away with just having the body fly off camera. Instead, you had it get torn into six pieces by this, this trap in the jungle. Well, and then it also has like some just amazingly complicated like choreography scene. There's like a battle in, on ropes near the end that I was like legitimately like, oh, this is like as good as any Kung Fu movie I've ever seen. Like, my favorite uh, letterbox review of it said that it's one of those everyday Temple of Doom alien predator Rambo combinations. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. Like it does, it does feel like that. It is amazing. I cannot recommend it enough. And then I had a few four and a half baggers. Uh, Gaia, which oh, I uh, loved Gaia. Yeah, Gaia is such a great. Uh, about this, uh, the, basically these researchers down in South America that find these two people who are living down there that claim to have found God and uh, as like Gaia is like a spirit of the earth that's that's awakening and has fought back human stuff and then just kind of becomes this little bit of a psychedelic horror, natural, folky, like uh, 
descent into madness a little bit with uh, the clickers from Last of Us. Uh. Yeah, it's like a it's like a folk horror. Yes, exactly. It's got it's got a, a sort of pseudo zombie in it. It's got folk horror vibes. It's psychedelic and big and epic. I think the closest cousin I could probably compare it to is Annihilation. Um, yeah, it's about man's nature with relationship. It's folk horror, but it also has like fun genre stuff, fighting monsters and shit. Not an elaborate yeah. amount of that stuff, but just enough to make it like certain scenes get really punctuated. I loved Gaia. That was a, yeah. that was one this month. I was I'm, I'm very excited, and it also it's it's hitting uh, Huluween at some point this month. Um, so definitely check it out once this episode's out. It's not hitting October. It's not. It's it's, it's not hitting the cock. October. <laughs> um, Malignant, which is actually probably one of the ones on here that most people have heard of. It's not. By the time you're hearing this, you can't watch it anymore unless you go to a theater. But I'm sure it'll be back on HBO Max. I was more positive on it than Peter or Ryan. I thought the whole thing worked in the last 20 minutes is this wonderful over-the-top excess. Uh, but I I liked all the soap opera melodrama where, you're, where it feels like an overwrought uh, 2000s era horror movie and then it becomes something weirder and weirder and weirder when we when we hit stuff that we both watched i feel like it's probably good uh because then we'll save time later um yeah malignant yeah uh i think ryan i uh, don't want to speak for you but i uh wasn't really into it that much it was just kind of like a straight ahead nose down kind of horror movie with some some cool set design. All that stuff that's under the Straits of Seattle is really cool. Um, yeah. And then you get, and then you get to the, that part of the third act, and then I was like, oh, that's a really cool magic trick. But I don't think you nece- like. I don't think I necessarily had to have have had such a muted reaction on the way to the magic trick, um, because I would not. There's a there's a world where I I got bored of the movie and fell asleep and didn't start it again, um, and never even got to the twist. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I. I wouldn't have been able to put in the same words but completely if i had if i had dozed off and like in a in a random month not in october but there's a pretty good chance that i wouldn't finish it and it does shift gears a lot in that third act and it's cool it's definitely i i knew that there was something that happened that it's either you kind of love it or hate it and i mean it was fine it didn't it kind of missed the mark for me but it, it brought up more questions than anything else, but it was definitely cool and different. And I always kind of support that because I feel like so many, you know, if it's cookie cutter, then you're like, okay, I saw it coming. So at the very least, I didn't see it coming. I'm extremely pro twist for the record. Yeah. Like, I think, I think I, I, I don't really understand anybody that could watch this movie and be like, the twist was dumb. I'm like, wait, hold on. Did you watch the first five minutes of the movie? <laughs> the movie communicates exactly what it is, screaming yeah. in your face in the first five minutes, and then when yeah, it arrives. Literally. Yeah, so. I mean, there's nothing better than when, when it just shows what it is, and you're just like, well, well, I, like, if you're not on board with that, I mean, I don't know what you're doing in Spooktober. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to gatekeep, it just, what else do you, you know, it kind of reminds me of the review I just wrote last night for, um, Seventh Curse on Letterboxd, which is just basically, I think I said something along the lines of like, if this isn't what you want out of a movie, I I don't understand what you do want out of a movie or life in general. Like, <laughs> if you're if this you're not watching this and go, oh, you know what, I I love everything about this. I just I I fundamentally probably don't understand you. Yeah, yeah. Seventh Curse delivers literally every minute on screen. 
Yeah. It's like 80 fucking minutes. I don't know if it was chopped down to that or if it was intended to be that, but it Do- does not animal. matter. But yeah, but but yeah, I think uh, we're I think we're we're pro pro twist in this this camp. Um but uh I'm yeah. pro pre twist. Uh, um the last the last like uh one that was like a huge or actually I have two more big surprises that I I really loved. One was a surprise like I I it was my like last movie on my first day where I watched like something like 10 movies. And I was just kind of already sick of looking at my list all day. And I went and Googled, like, best horror movies from 2021 because I was looking for something recent. And I saw Till Death on a lot of those lists, the Megan Fox movie. Uh, Ryan, you actually had the best review of it, which uh, Gerard's Game on Ice. Uh, Disney presents Gerard's Game oh, on yeah. Ice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Gerald's Game? Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I think that's right, but it's also just really tense and good and another good reminder of... Uh, how fun Megan Fox is in a horror movie. Um, it's yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was like P. Um, would love it because he likes the realistic like this shit could happen movies, and this definitely qualifies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was also uh really surprised by it. I I kind of originally started it again as kind of a, a little bit of like a workout filler type movie, and then caught myself being distracted more and more in a, in the best way. Where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've been standing here watching for 15 minutes when I was trying to do something else, and I eventually just paused it and then resumed it once I could actually sit down and watch it because like it it was just interesting. I mean, she's good in it. It's like an interesting enough scenario, and then enough things continue to happen. Where I'm like, all right, well, how's she gonna get out of this? Oh, okay, what's happening now? Like it, it's it's just kind of a fun little watch and cat, it's, cat it, mouse it, yeah and it never really stops it just kind of keeps going once all of a sudden you're in it you're like okay all right things are happening it has that great nice. feeling of there's 45 minutes left and you're like how could this possibly go on for 45 more minutes yeah and it, it finds clever ways to keep it interesting without ever passing into the like the like you it's a movie that it's you know it's a ninety minute runtime or whatever, but it just flies by. You are so into everything that's happening, and uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Definitely a big one that I think uh, people should check out. And then another one that um, I I was on my list already, but I was surprised how much I loved it was False Positive, um, which uh, comes with it's it it actually is a movie that basically got almost like uniformly terrible reviews. Uh, with the exception of uh, uh, Liam Haber, friend of the show, on my letterbox anyways, who gave it four stars and said how much he liked it. Uh, it's Part of the reason it was on my radar, and I was surprised here, it's directed by John Lee. If you don't know who John Lee is, one of the two people that created Wonder Shows and Delocated. Um, and so the idea of John Lee writing and directing this horror movie starring uh, Justin Thoreau and Pierce Brosnan and Ileana Glazer is like, oh, how could this be as bad as everyone's saying? And... I don't understand why people I, people don't like the twist. From what I understand, that uh, from from looking at some reviews and stuff like that, I think the twist is fits with everything else we've seen. Does not feel that that odd or weird or like it's pulling pulling the rug out all that much. Um, it almost feels like oh yeah, how could it be anything but that? It's it's supposed to be a little bit ridiculous while still being um, very real. But I would definitely heed the trigger warning at the beginning of it that plays. Uh, because it is definitely a, um, I'm glad I didn't watch this with my wife who is currently pregnant. Uh, that's what I will say. Uh, and then the only other thing I kind of want to mention was, uh, I, I talked about that there was a few series this month that I wanted to go through. Um, 
Uh, kind of continue. I watched three Friday the 13th movies last year that I hadn't seen. I have three more to go this year. I might start that tonight, actually. Uh, and then I have three Phantasm movies I've never seen that I wanted to to watch. Uh, and then I also had five Saw movies, and I watched all five Saw movies that I hadn't seen up through Spiral. So Saw 5, 6, 7, Jigsaw, and Spiral. And let me tell you something. Those movies, unlike Final Destination or Nightmare on Elm Street... They are predominantly not good movies that I kept going, yeah, but it's super compelling. Like, they they are very compelling. They are, like, the, the structure they have really works. And even though only one that I watched I would call legitimately good, it was really hard to give them less than three stars because I, I enjoyed every minute. I was never bored. I was never looking at the clock when... I was joking with you guys that I, after Saw 5 was done, I'm like, I think I want to watch Saw 6. And then I think I watched two other movies. And then later that night, I watched Saw 7 because they they are very, like, well-structured movies, even if they're morally repellent and ultimately, like, not good in any, like, standard. The acting's terrible. The... um. Every the 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 final act revealed that they really just baked into the the structure, which I didn't realize when I just saw one, saw one and two for the longest time. Like the idea of the guy coming in while the dramatic music plays and like everything you see has been a lie. Uh, it's terrible, but it's also a funny shit. Like I, uh, I I I watched five of them and I'm bummed. I don't have any more to watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm gonna start. The Friday Thirteenth movies, which are much less interesting, uh, but uh, I I've heard really positive things about six and seven, and that's I have six, seven, and nine left, so should be fun. That's that's me. That's old Aaron and his and uh, a portion of his fifty movies. All right, Peter, what were some highs? Were some lows? Were some general things you've learned in these first two weeks? Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to break this into, into groups of how I reacted to it, because I feel like that'll probably speed things up a little bit. The ones feels like a direct shot at me, but okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like the ones that I liked the concept of, but I either had like sort of middling or negative reaction to, um, these are movies that like, and this is like me being optimistic. Um, let me say the first one is, uh, Final Destination, the fourth one. Um, very, very negative reaction to that. Yeah, because it's one of the uh, terrible. But uh, one concept I like is I like the Final Destination concept. I want to keep having Final Destination movies. They're fun every time. I watched three of them. I watched three, three, four, and five. I had very positive things to say about three. Um, They're a good time. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, she is still my crush a decade later or whatever. Um, and You love anything that the, hurts the tanning industry. that one has it is one of the best kills 100 one it's so good and then um they're listening to a good song right remember that they also played uh roller coaster during the tanning sequence love roller i was just saying yeah i I, it's been like 10 years since i've seen it but i'm like i remember they're listening to a pretty good jam there's a little bop yeah and and well, the the central incident of the movie that causes it is a roller coaster yeah. accident. Boop, boop, boop. Do you think they bought the song for the roller coaster accident and then realized it didn't fit? And they're like, "Fuck, we bought." I think did they do the original or did they get the Red Hot Chili Peppers version? I feel like it's Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
No, I thought it was the I thought it was the original because I remember being like, "Why would these two like? Why would these two like teen girls be super into like a '70s wedding song?" But yeah, um, them being into the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. <laughs> that's it. That does fit better. That's their gateway. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they play we Love Shack next. The... <laughs> <laughs> we were recently talking about the home, the new Home Alone movie in the trailer, and how um, the. Uh, they're parodying Scarface in that movie, um, which I remember seeing Masters of Disguise 20 years ago and be like, do kids know what Scarface is? <laughs> and my idea now is, 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 yeah, it's similar to that. It's that the, um, these teen girls are really into Beavis and Butthead to do America. Um, and just and uh, the little kid from Home Alone is into Masters of Disguise, but has no idea what Scarface is. Yeah, I think that works. <laughs> I love. I, mean, I really I'm I think that scene from Masters of How many Disguise. things did you think? Yeah, how many things did you think were Simpsons joke? And you're like, oh, I wasn't making a citizen, or I wasn't making a Simpsons joke. I was making a Citizen Kane joke. <laughs> <laughs> the Kane from Citizen Kane. Wait a minute. <laughs> um. So yeah, movies I liked the concept of, but didn't didn't really work for me. Um. Yeah. The final. De- oh, another thing from the Final Destination. They add that you can't complete suicide. Like you can try and try, and it doesn't work. That's a cool little wrinkle to the lore. Death, yeah, um, death's coming for you. You don't get to decide. That I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Like you can't, you can't cheat, cheat death. death. So, so hmm. suicide that doesn't have death's blessing, I guess, would be cheating death. Which I guess yeah, means I that for all the people that do successfully complete suicide, it's death going. Yep, death's a stickler for the Sounds rules. Good. Agree. Another two that I didn't dig but had cool concepts that were Lovecrafty and we will never cover on the show because they kind of suck is uh, the Block Island Sound, uh, which I had heard good good buzz behind. It's my um, favorite Gaslight Anthem album. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was going to say is Liam Haber told us that he used to go to this location about once a year as like a vacation spot. And I was like, oh, well. I hope this doesn't ruin your memories of it because it's not a very good movie. Um, but yeah, it has a cool Lovecraftian it. concept that is completely fucking wasted. And then the pond um, has like a cool, sp- few cool spooky images, but it, it 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 just ends up being one of those dumb, dumb nightmare logic movies. Um, so Lucky uh, was uh, sort of a like a mini Groundhog Day th- kind of thing where like. The days progress, but every night a killer, the same killer comes to her house and tries to kill That's her. That's pretty high on my list. You're saying that doesn't work. It's it's okay. I I, I mean, it's it's okay. Um, It's just I had kind of a middling reaction to it, it until like the last 15 minutes. Okay. I won't um, make that a save. The last 15 minutes are pretty cool. I'm kind of saving yeah. censor right now for the end because I've heard universally good things, but I was thinking lucky maybe, but... Sensor is a save is is for sure uh, going to be one of my savers too. Uh, another one that I was very much anticipating, but I didn't really have a high uh, a high reaction to was Come True. Um, really that's, scary, that's still like on my list, yeah. Really scary build up. It is very Cronenbergy, um, but then it kind of it kind of just um, doesn't go anywhere with the concept. I, I mean, it, it, Aaron, if it sounds good to you, definitely still check it out. It's not like a bad movie, but I had kind of a middling reaction to it. I'm not going to watch all of them, so it's good to direct me in the right places, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jug Face was another one I had kind of a middling reaction to. I, I just want to watch all the Larry Fessenden movies, and it's a full core. Yeah, so but that concept is so... Uh, face Jug, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he directed the short Face Jug, mm-hmm. and then Larry Fessenden's like, nah, man, nah, man. <laughs> you got to hit him with the jug first. 
They're here for the jug. You are so used to faces. You gotta shock them. When's the last time you seen a jug? Huh? Huh? A Uh, jug. And uh, that's a a cool little folklore concept, too, where there's a a pit in the ground that'll cure you, Mm -hmm. but every so often, the pit will tell a pot maker which pot to make, and then he'll make a pot that has a face on it, and it's the face of someone in town, and that person has to be sacrificed to the pit, or it'll start killing people. And somebody tries to... It just seems like a lot of shoe... Like, I'm getting tired just listening to... It's it's actually like... It's actually like they they get it out of the way in like five minutes. It's a really cool concept, but it's just kind of an okay... You know, it's like one of those indie dramas where it's not... It never really like... It doesn't have any like... It was the first uh, mumblecore like horror movie, right? That's what they called it. it, Yes. That's one of the reasons I wanted to see it. It's it's kind of in that... Larry Fessenden didn't produce it, but he's acts in it and he's really good as always. And then he... um, He's uh, sort of helped guide the production as well because it was that era of, of Larry Fassenden movies yeah. where some of them are kind of nothing and kind of boring and some of them are like rat- radically awesome. Um, and then um, another one that I liked the concept of but had kind of a middling reaction to was Muppet uh, Haunted Mansion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I love the Muppets. I'm, nev- I'm probably never going to give a Muppet movie necessarily a bad review, but like... This is the best they could do is mostly just rehashing jokes from the ride. <laughs> and they and they cast like, why is why is fucking a King Prawn like the main character of this thing? Yeah, I thought they got I thought, I thought they like realized they were done with him in Muppets from Space. So the idea of now Disney being like, yeah, let's bring him back. Like, where's Rizzo? Like, I'm not saying like that's just having Rizzo and um, Gonzo and Gonzo. Yeah, I was like Fozzie. And Rizzo and, and Gonzo as like the only two Muppets in the new like in the first Muppet special in a long time is like a good choice, but it's better than like fucking King Prawn and and also like I here's the other thing I learned I remember I read that they changed the voice of Kermit Kermit being a voice that like took me forever to get used to with the guy that's been doing it since Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, but it has really like I think like become a acceptable version of Kermit this new Kermit. Maybe that's why I didn't have him in the movie. It doesn't even like if the other one, if the other Kermit sounded like someone doing a Jim Henson impression that took you a while to get used to and accept. This one sounds like a guy doing a voice, and I don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, worse than my Kermit, which it's, is, but it's not it's, even a Kermit. It's like someone going, you know what? We've been doing the Kermit voice Kermit. for a long time. <laughs> what if I just sound like a guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he does kind of just sound like a guy not um, not a fan of it stop not a not a fan um i'm glad that kermit wasn't the star because it would be this kermit and at least gonzo got to be gonzo um who's like he's like in my b b tier of muppets yeah like yeah gonzo's best is like the narrator of Muppet Christmas Carol, like you don't need to make a movie around Gonzo. The only yeah. movie around Gonzo is the worst of like the pre Disney bought Muppets. Like I actually kind of like Muppets from Space, but it's definitely like from the Muppet movie to Muppet to Space, the nadir of that that yeah. particular run. I think my copy of Muppets from Space came free in a box of cereal. I don't think that's a joke. <laughs> sure. I used to like that random <laughs> shit would come in cereal like that. Computer games, movies. You're just like, yeah, sure, okay. Oh, yeah, there oh, was cool. Really, the first two levels really fun, of like... Descent Two with my chocolate cocoa pebbles. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, <laughs> the game of life, but on the computer. Okay, sure, sure. 
Yeah, so that's kind of... Oh, and Sputnik was another one. Really cool monster, but as a movie, they just, like... It, it's so cliched through and through. You seemed let like, down by Sputnik. Yeah, it you, was my you immediately, of the month. Yeah, you immediately... That was on my list, and pretty high, too. And you kind of put me off spending two you hours You dissuaded me. Yeah, cool monster. Kind of a boring-ass movie. Um, So, uh, moving on to, like, kind of pleasant surprises. Uh, Cast a Deadly Spell, which is uh, one of the Lovecraft movies I wanted to watch this month. Really fun. It's just, like, a detective story with a bunch of awesome visual gags, like, raining, like, like, raining blood and a restaurant that's entirely in, like, a pocket dimension. So it just looks like a flat wall. And then the camera pans over and it's just, like, an entire massive 1940s restaurant. Um, There's, like, a transphobic bit in the middle just as a kind of trigger warning but other than that like it's got an amazing cast like julianne moore like pre-fame and uh super fun and it kind of goes to wild places with its tv movie budget and this is this is a movie that was like hard to find for a while and i was just sitting on hbo max so definitely recommend this especially as like a daytime one because it's not scary but it's just like a fun goofy kind of horror thing um Let's uh one that I think a few of us watched, uh Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, also very fun surprise. Best, this is best first sh- three minutes of any movie. Period. It's <laughs> ma- made me laugh so fucking hard. Like I I was starting the movie with tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard. I had to I, check my expectations because I was slightly disappointed in the ending or the last 20 minutes because everything I'd heard from you in front of the show, Rick Kelly, was like first five minutes and 20 minutes are insane. And I was expecting the last 20 minutes to somehow live up to those first five minutes. Uh, and I think, I, again, my own perspective or expectations were probably too high because nothing could live up to those first five minutes. I, I I really was Ryan. Did you watch this one? Yeah, yeah. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you make of it? Uh, it was great. I didn't I didn't have any expectations whatsoever going in. I think you both of you guys mentioned it just like oh, like essentially just going oh man oh wow that type of talk when we were watching either the pit or the second watch night and uh, I just threw it on as my final you know oh I'll watch one more tonight that kind of thing and I was like oh man I was I was in for a ride from <laughs> from the start and it's like okay I'm I'm very interested in this wacky fucking movie it gets weirdly legit in the last 20 minutes like yeah the act- like the, the 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 mother's performance is like really terrifying and involving oh and it's like she's it's... got the look down like in her eyes where you're like oh uh, you you look like you're out of your mind you look like a crazy person actually yeah and like, I also I having set, like I'd be a... scared of you Having, like, a homophobic bigot cop as, like, the other secondary antagonist that the movie and all the other characters agree is a monster for judging people based on their sexual orientation is, like, like something that feels – I mean, I I don't know. It's 1981. Like, I I don't want to say a bunch of uh, hyperbolic things about things I'm I'm not 100% sure on, but, like, there's – probably not another example of that from that era yeah i feel like even movies about homophobia in the 80s may not have been as uh as anti-homophobic as this movie yeah because even like nightmare on elm street 2 a movie i adore is like meta textually a pro-gay movie yeah it is it, it, the text is homophobic like the text is a is is like conflating being gay with being a monster yeah like 
There's uh, speaking of Liam, Liam Haber, the the movie Closet Monster you watched for the show, yeah, kind of feels like a weird cousin to Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, yeah. Um, but this is this is just sort of like the text of the movie is weirdly tolerant, and I don't know if that's, that's just weirdly tolerant. The creators hated right. cops more than they hated gay people, or if they actually were being a little bit tolerant. I feel like they were. <laughs> I mean, they made that gym teacher like one of the best people in the in the movie, yeah, and supportive yeah, and supportive, and like the idea that like. There's this, like, rogue cop who has just decided that he must be evil because he's... I mean, there is a lot of, like, slurs drop, but it's all slurs drop. Like, I, I can't think of any other 80 movies where they use the other F word to paint someone as a homophobic villain as opposed to just what... what dudes Boys being boys. A joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Teen Wolf, Goonies, um, uh, uh, Monster, Monster Squad, Squad era, yep. where it's just like, ooh, Monst- I don't want to show Monster Squad to my kids. Monster Squad was a big like, one that I watched... Uh, just a couple days ago that I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like a charming movie. And so that makes all of the weird homophobic dialogue that that extra like nails on the chalkboard. Because you're just like, this is this is taking me out of any. Oh, it's kind of campy and cute. And you're like, OK, yeah. all right. Every other conversation for the first 20 minutes is some like, OK, homo. You're like, oh, man. All right. Here we go again. Yeah. And also, like, I hated that era of life, too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, most of those slurs were directed at me. Um, yeah so true like, yeah. the idea that i would find these people charming that that sling those slurs and like their friends is like yeah i remember my quote-unquote friends who would call you that because you didn't uh shoot the basketball well yeah it was like a very <laughs> damaging traumatic like run of my life i feel like um where i had a bunch of sh- i had to like deal with like shitty elementary school toxic masculinity um these are these aren't the heroes to me. As yeah, it? yeah, exactly. No, no. Um, but yeah, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Uh, that's in the same category as Hackle Lantern and The Pit, which we watched together. Yeah, so good. Um, Hackle Lantern is a Satanist pumpkin patch movie. Um, you know, one of those those types. Uh, Satanist um, incest pumpkin patch movie. It rolled like we 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 had um we had a night I we, I wish we had watched if Butch, you like Pornhub's Hub's main page. <laughs> um, if you yeah, if you like Pornhub's main page and Instagram's uh main page uh during the fall, uh, you know, pumpkin patch <laughs> yeah. season, then <laughs> these these have finally come together. Um, yeah, big big fan of Hackle Lantern. Um, and the pit, which was a recommendation that I uh, four and a half bagger. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I threw it in the mix. I was like, this is, movie is supposed to be insane. The concept of it sounds insane. Worst case scenario, like we just had Hackle Lantern. Like we're we can at least be riding on a high for a little bit. Uh, the pit was absolutely like a huge surprise like whenever you think it's gonna do something crazy it'll do exactly that thing <laughs> or zag and do something crazier like it's fully worth its its cult cult status one of my favorite endings movies. too uh i, I endings, love that ending. ending rules yeah <laughs> mm. I, another crazy one this is for oh, sorry, i was gonna wrong. say i did like for hack lantern was the one where i only caught the last maybe 15 minutes of when you guys were watching it and i went back and watched it and I did laugh. I forgot that when I was texting you guys saying, okay, I'll hop on. You're like, oh, okay, you'll probably only see, you know, six or seven pairs of breasts by the way this movie's going so far. And I was just like, haha, whatever. We hang out. We watch the rest of it. an entire other movie. I forget about it. Well, the next morning I wake up and I was like, well, let me watch Hack-A-Lantern. And you guys really weren't kidding. It is like every 
female character at some point is like, oh, oops, oh, yes. oops, oh, hey, what, oops? You're just like, okay, wow, all right, yeah, now I get, I get why you guys were joking about that. And you're like, okay, sure. There is so much nudity in a way. One of the things that can be very funny about um, 80s horror movies is that, like, they understood that nudity was important to sell movies, but they, a lot of times, they put it on a scale that made like the the idea of nudity as something that would be sexually arousing just by the end of it you're like yeah i don't know if it's for me anymore maybe yeah. fully clothed human <laughs> being and i do think i think hackalander hits that i think seventh curse doesn't quite hit that but it makes nudity like it seems like almost purposely makes nudity very unappealing in different ways yeah Um, seventh curse like it leads you to believe it's going to be like an have an erotic romantic sequence in the middle and then it immediately turns into something fucking horrifying (laughs) yeah just fucking completely insane i'm not even sure what that was she put in her his mouth but it it was uh it's an image that i'm gonna be like on my deathbed being like, was that an egg or a circle of flesh cut out from her breast? <laughs> we have to assume that it helped, right? I mean, they win. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hurt that much, I guess. The seventh curse is both uh, completely impossible to avoid and, now yeah, we'll see what happens. That'll live my life on fate. <laughs> Can we point out here, so Hackle Lantern, The Pit, um, Night- Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker... Um, and then another movie I watched, Day of the Beast, which I've been watching a lot of the Alex Day Iglesias movies. Have you seen um, and uh, Witching just, and Bitching yet? That's, uh, I'm saving it for later this month as a treat. Um, so uh, those are all on Shudder. And we, uh, Aaron found an app called... Scener. Scener. Like as in scene, uh, movie scene with an R at the end. And we watched movies... Um, with uh it, it gives you sort of a zoom view it has a chat window that we didn't really use and then there's um you can stream from one person's shutter account and it works super smooth on shutter i think we were, i think it, it probably works well on everything but amazon prime because it kept getting tripped up by the fact that amazon prime which rightfully a lot of people complained about shows ads before their movies and it it won't share the ad, but it didn't have a trigger to note that the ad was over. But it works for, like, HBO Max. It works for Netflix. We didn't try a lot of those yet, but my guess is anything that doesn't have an ad play will work as well as Shutter. Because if, if everybody has a Shutter account, you're good. I think if everyone has a Netflix account, it probably will work well. Amazon is just the tricky one. Um, so get, But Shutter's fun because you can just scroll until you find something crazy and, and fill a night. But yeah, Day of the Beast was fucking insane. It's about a priest who needs to sin as much as he can uh, in an evening to um, be able to uh, get to the Antichrist so he can kill him. Um, so it's just about like a, a polite old priest doing like sins and getting into metal music and just being an asshole even though he like doesn't want to but he has like full commitment to it um not on shutter but this is a recommendation from aaron and it's in the same bug nuts category is the brain great recommendation it's like aaron said it's like a lost Stuart gordon movie or like Stuart gordon uh doing cronenberg and it's it's so much fun. fantastic that was fantastic. a that was a late ad i saw someone posting on twitter last october 
like a forgotten like if you love the reanimators of the world um why isn't the brain on on like your lists why has no one seen this movie and i watched it i'm like oh that's exactly what this is this is amazing yeah yeah um super super into that uh, great recommendation and then the last like crazy one um is vhs 94 which i think all three of us watch yeah vhs 94 uh so fucking good i'm so i'm so so happy that the series has like bounced back like viral was okay to bad um i disagree like Like, i watched viral for the first time last year i think the wraparound segment sucks i think all three segments are good there's no bad vhs movies that's my yeah, take. I mean, That's my hot I can take. maybe agree there's no bad ones, but viral was a step down for me. Um, yeah. There was no there was no segment uh, in it that, like, made me... Uh, I just... I, just focusing on VHS 94, I haven't had as much fun with a movie this month as VHS 94. It was such a blast. Like, right at number 28 in my month, I got a just just sonic blast of positive energy and then right after that i watched final destination 5 which is (laughs) i think i think probably the best final destination movie yeah it also it's just fucking rules i think it has if you made a best kills in the series it would have at least six of them Uh, like a best 10 kills in the series (laughs) yeah um it's the cast is pretty good i mean it doesn't have like mary elizabeth winstead or like the original cast like ali larder in it but like the cast like it does the job it has a few twists on the formula and then it comes back around in a way that's just like amazing definitely recommend watching the series because it's maybe the most consistent series it is and 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 like five works as well as it does because of the rest of the series too uh it sucks that four exists it's probably actually something i i think that you could probably skip four i don't think there's anything that in I, I, it's been a while since I've no. seen four. Skip it. Yeah, skip it. But uh, I, I watched it. I watched it purely because I decided to be a completionist, yeah. and I, I, I kind of regret it. I wish I watched something else. Yeah, four. Four is deserving of its of its uh, miserable reputation. Hold on, really quick on VHS. The only I, I watched it too. I loved it. I, I just want to note the part of the reason I love that series is back is that something we don't talk about that much on the show. And I think mainly just because I mean we're all. Uh, people in our 30s and have seen a ton of horror movies like i i and this isn't like a weird humble brag like i don't get that scared at movies or creeped out or spooked um in horror movies it's rare that that happens uh the vhs series is a consistent series that fucking has segments or moments that literally get under my skin and make me scared and the first two segments of um of vhs 94 like had me on that edge that I fucking love. I mean, one of my one of my favorite frights of all time is the first VHS movie where uh, th- there's that last segment when everything is erupted into chaos, and I, it was so it was loud enough that it woke up uh, my wife. My wife Shauna, she came out of her room, but I didn't hear that because I was so focused in on the movie and was standing next to me. And was like Aaron, and I was like, I, I've never jumped that high in my entire life. I, I <laughs> scariest moment that has ever happened to me and uh, maybe besides something when I was a kid, but I feel like like the first two segments of VH 94, I was, I was kind of like, especially that first one. Like I was incredibly creeped out and, and scared and like heart beating fast and everything. The only thing that got me is like, there's a half hour run in Antrim that kind of did that a little bit. Um, but those have been my only two, like truly spooky moments. This, uh, this year, but like there isn't a VHS movie that hasn't had that effect on me, and I I need them to have one every year. 
Yeah, I think it, even in VHS Viral, there's a sequence. Um, I think it's Parallel Monsters. Um, that has stuff, but I think the skateboard, when they realize what's going on, they're getting surrounded. Also, like, creepy as shit. Yeah, Ryan, you, you, how do you feel about VHS 94? Uh, I liked it a lot. I was very happy because I was not a fan of Viral. Um, uh, again, like we talked about, it was mostly the connecting story, I think, just took me out of it more than anything else. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched it though so now i'm kind of curious to revisit it um fast i'm telling you fast forward through yeah the stories and watch the segments like the segments are all and surprisingly the, really good and the parallel monsters one is like one of the top three segments of the series but but for vhs 94 the the connecting story was pretty non-existent i mean like which i'm okay with i would rather yeah. have the segments kind of you know be the focus and uh, really liked the first one. Agreed. Got me. I was scared. The second segment I was, I, I thought was the weakest, but still really entertaining and had me kind of on my edge, like what's going to happen, what's going on exactly. But no, I loved, I loved the third segment and, uh, the final segment itself. Cause well, I don't want to say too much just in general, but, but no, I was very happy after viral and hearing that this was coming back. I was relieved and excited that it was a good entry. Um, because you, you never know just in general. Whenever it's like a, been, been a little bit and then they come back, you, it could be – even if two of them are bad, two of the segments are bad and the other ones are fine, then you're like, all right, well, that was, wasn't was really worth it. So to walk away and kind of have even the one that I didn't like well, – that's not even true. I liked them all is really what matters at the end of the day. But Clearly, Simon Barrett's involvement is kind of the key to that series. Like even though I, – I agree Viral is the weakest, but he wasn't involved in that one. A lot of the people that shepherded the first two and – um I'm a huge Simon Barrett fan. Like he he wrote, he wrote the guest and your next and uh, Blair Witch that were all directed by Adam Wingard, which I all think are really good movies. Yeah, um, the first two I mentioned uh, more than Blair Witch, but I think I think the Blair Witch I think 2016 movie is unfairly maligned. I think it's it's a totally different movie than the original Blair Witch, but really fucking good. Uh, and then he yeah he wrote. He wrote the my favorite segment. Apparently, your least favorite segment with number two, the uh, the empty uh, empty wake. Yeah, uh, but he also did seance, which I think all three of us watched this month as well. Yeah, and I I actually agree. I I really liked the um the the Blair Witch twenty sixteen one. I remember I saw it in theaters and I was I I had a good time with it. I was kind of surprised with how much uh, hate it got or even whatever dislike. Uh, yeah, it, he, he in response to the opening weekend and the critical reaction to that movie, he still has one of my favorite tweets of all time where he said, well, even though it was not – f- uh, the critics did not like my new movie, at least it was a box office failure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. And then let me let me quickly wrap up so we can go to Ryan. These are the ones that like I actually to end on a more positive note. These are the ones that I actually was like very pleasantly surprised by and like I had a lot of fun with. And uh, VHS ninety four scared me. The other movie that scared me this month is The Dark and the Wicked. Um, really fucking creepy. Taps into a lot of my fears. Um, I'm I'm more of a when it comes to being scared. I'm not so much a slasher fear guy, but. The director of it, Brian Bertino, made one of the few slashers that scares me, The Strangers. Um, and then he made a haunting movie, a demon haunting movie called The Dark and the Wicked that scared scared me a lot. Um, it's ultimately, like, as a story, doesn't really go anywhere particularly amazing. But um, it's just kind of like a lot of scary shit happens. And then there's one awesome twist of the third act. So what else can you ask for, right? 
Um, and then the uh, another surprise is Cargo, um, the zombie movie uh, that takes place in the Australian outback um, with Martin Freeman with a with a baby. Um, genuinely a very good movie. I, I, I think it's just because Netflix makes people watch stuff and then you forget about it immediately. Um, very surprised. Very much enjoyed this movie. Um, and then like when you go to it's, it's also one of those things where like, hey, did you? Did you guys see that zombie movie? And everyone would be like, I, I'm not watching another zombie movie. Yeah. Like, no, it's really good, though. Like, it's not really about, like, killing zombies. It's about, like, you know, how we failed our social system. Whatever. It's, it's a good movie. <laughs> um, so, um, se- Seance is another one I was very fond of. And that is, speaking of, of uh, the VHS team, um, Seance is a movie I was very fond of. And I watched it with very low expectations just because people weren't talking about it that much. And I was like, oh, this is a movie that has uh, sort of humble expectations, and then I think it, it, it excels them. Um, I was very into, into Seance. All the performances in it and the photography are great. Um, Pet Cemetery 2 is um, one that uh, I well, I had on the list purely because people made jokes about like it being so fucking ridiculous, and it's on Netflix, and I was like... Yeah, sure, I'll watch it. And also Mary Lambert, who made the first one, who I love, um, made the second one, and I was like... You gotta see when, like, they bring Toby Hooper back for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Like, you gotta see what happens when someone, like, gets... They make, they make a classic, and then, like... <laughs> they're like, well, you're coming back to give us more money, right? And they're like, I, sure. Re- really quickly, I do script? think... The script's already written for you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to hear that that was worthwhile. I do think that is the perfect example of a movie that what the people that were watching it in 1992 were looking for and the people uh, that would be watching it in 2021 are looking for do not align at all. And I think that's exactly the type of movie that has the potential to be like, oh, like, obviously they wanted a... Yeah, you know they wanted a sequel to Pet Cemetery. That I, I don't know. Pet Cemetery wasn't a well-reviewed movie to begin with, but like I think just the concept of them doing a sequel to it was probably something that made a lot of critics go, "Why the fuck are we doing this?" And, and audiences do the same thing, especially with a different cast and stuff like that. But all those like concerns about I wanted a better thing or no Pet Cemetery don't really apply to us anymore. And so I'm not surprised yeah. that like that could be something that has the potential to be good. Yeah, it's it, it's in the same category as um, uh, the pit and such. It's it would be a very fun party movie because yeah. it's ridiculous and it's it's just overflowing with nineties uh you know punky energy mm-hmm. like Edward Furlong energy is just seeping out of every pore. Um, He's not even in the movie. Great... What Edward Furlong is the star of Pet Cemetery too? No, I know it was just a. We can keep going. It's a joke. I'm going to oh, cut okay. out. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, you know Edward Furlong is actually in the movie?" Yeah, well, I did. I know and he's on the, the, he's on the cover. The you said he said the '90s <laughs> punk energy ed, like of Edward Furlong is seeping out over everything, and I like the idea in my head, Peter, that you'd said that you associated not, he '90s punk energy with Edward Furlong. <laughs> he freed, he freed that lobster. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I mean punk as in like. Punk twerp, Bart. No, I, I not punk as in Peter. Like, you know, I'm business. familiar with the work of one Edward for long. Like he, he reminds me of that kid from <laughs> T2. It's like that vibe. Oh yeah, T2. like he he does remind me of the kid from T2. <laughs> Do you think T2 more is more than a Mars sequel friend. to Teton? Uh, seventh victim, very surprised movie movie because it's a it, I mean it's a Val Luton movie, so I knew it'd be more thoughtful and strange and like psychosexual than it was. But it's like I love I love Seventh it's, Victim. It's, 
it, it's weird and like the movie ends and you're like wait what did i just watch which is like something you don't expect from a 1940s movies because those movies are so, usually so tight so uh really quick uh, on val luton i don't have any val luton on my list this year but i've um i've usually made it a thing where every year i watch a val luton movie for spooktober and i went and looked peter so he only produced 11 movies and i've seen nine of them so i'm down to like his la- i'm down to ghost ship and bedlam which are like his if you look at like the letterbox order of most popular or the bottom two and i'm like oh okay should I watch one of those? I probably will. Is Bedlam, <laughs> is Bedlam a prison movie? Is uh, that a Boris Karloff in it? It does, yeah. And then Ghost Ship, apparently, I found out, uh, has no ghosts. Oh. So it's just an abandoned It's kind of like Curse of the Cat People, where it's about the authority of like military leadership with the name Ghost Ship with no, huh. Huh. no actual ghosts. Let down. So Gretel and Hansel was a movie I was very pleasantly surprised by. Uh, I It's gorgeous to look at. I had such a blast with it. The central performances are amazing, especially Alice Kriege. There's going to be some images in this movie that stick with me for a long, long time. That guy finally made a good movie that doesn't fucking suck ass. And they do a great job of like m- I, I, making you feel the ambiance in that movie. Like Truly, you feel yeah. like you're in that area, in the environment. They do a really good job of that. I already know it's going to be the prettiest movie I watched this month, yeah. whether I watched 60 movies or 100 movies. And by the way, I loved Black Coat's Daughter. I haven't seen Black Coat's Daughter. I really hate it. It's good. Pretty things that, um, yeah, Black Coat's Daughter's uh, really, really good. Um, it's, it's it's a similar sort of thing. It's the slow burn, creepy thingy. Did you watch um, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House? Yeah, it's really boring. Yeah, I um, fucking hate that. Really, really boring. Okay, I'll watch Black Coat's I am, Daughter. I am the boring thing that lives on Netflix. Huh. I think I saw I think, I think I watched that it with, with you, Peter, back in the day. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I that thing that's also one of those movies that I gave three stars just because I didn't want to think about it anymore. I was like, yeah, sure. Aaron gave uh-huh. it four stars. Wait a second. What? What's going on? I looked it up to see what I gave it, honestly. What's going on? What's going on? Huh? Huh? Um, you lie? Uh, the you one that I had very mixed reactions right to, but <laughs> I uh, I loved the first one, is uh, the Creepshow animated special they put out last year. Oh, okay. It's two, two shorts. The first one is amazing. It's, it's an adaptation of Survivor type, and it creeps the shit out of me. It's really, really good. It, and at first, it takes you a minute to get used to this admittedly kind of cheap animation. But then eventually, you're just like, kind of like, oh. This animation style totally works. Like, it takes you a minute or two to get used to the it not being like flowing nice animation, especially if you spent all of um all of September watching like really pretty anime, particularly by Miyazaki. Um, the second one is so close to being incredible, but they make the teen too annoying. There's a teen t- live tweeting the whole short, and they make her way too annoying. And then um, Night Gallery was a pleasant surprise. Aaron, thank you for finding that. It's 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 just nice to know I have more anthology horror just sitting there on Vimeo because the shit is just not it's not gonna be uh, easy to find. You can um, understand why I, I I think I told you it was like Amicus like after the first oh, yeah. segment, like that first segment you could throw in Vault of Horror and no one would notice that it wasn't supposed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Roddy McDowell is the, just a hero. I love Roddy McDowell. Um, and then a love and monsters was a fun uh, was Molly fun. watch. Um, it was, it was, I mean, if it, when it, when it, it's a movie that I think if they made like a love and monsters two, it could be like an exceptional movie because it would yeah. get more of the growing pains out of the way. Um, and then, uh, I to- the earth was a movie. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I told you that my biggest regret of that movie is that I watched it. Number two, that would have been a perfect. Yeah. Cause it's, it's three and a half stars, but it's not. 
but but uh, finding a place for it in the middle of the month would have worked better, I think. So you, I think you did good. Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun it was a fun little little refresher. As was Freaky, um, which I I gave it somewhere like four star, just because it was like a really fun like light time. I don't think I'll think about either of these movies, um, you know, a year from now, but. Um, it was nice to have something a little bit more light. Um, and then on the heavier side, just to kind of end, um, in the earth and the stone tape mm. were both, um, extremely British movies. Um, <laughs> in the earth is kind of a cousin to Gaia, uh, Aaron. So, uh, if you haven't watched in, it, in the earth morning, is on my list. I almost watched it a couple times and I just saved it based on runtime because I thought I wasn't going to be able to stay up for it, but I uh, will maybe, maybe absolutely give watch it, it, give it a couple Definitely watch it, but give, maybe give it a week or two between that and Gaia, because they have very similar themes. Okay. Um, and then uh, Stone Tape is just like for $2 on Amazon, and it's like a TV, a, a British TV movie about a haunting, but it's like a British TV movie, so all the actors are incredibly talented, and it's just about like a group of sound technicians trying to solve what the fuck is up with the specific room that's haunted, and can they use the specific room to drive technology? Like... They're basically tech techies, like Silicon Valley techies, but from like the British, uh, the, the like the British age of um, like, can we keep up with the Japanese, like the early seventies? Um, and it's really cool. I really, really liked it. The ending is great. It's no Ghost Watch where it'll actually scare you because Ghost Watch is like actually scary, but the ending is very, very biting. So I tried to make that faster and then I, I didn't. Um, so Ryan, what do you what do you got? Uh, so my top so far uh, is Possessor. Finally got around to watching it. It's been a running gag, but um, I loved it. I mean, I was a big fan of Antiviral and you guys had both already watched Possessor and said good things. So I, I figured that was a lock. The only downside was uh, the there there are two maybe three scenes of like very flashing lights and it's appropriate for the time and it, it it's a really cool effect but it does go on for a while where I'm like oh now I'm now I'm looking to the the right of the screen and just kind of watching sort of out of the corner of my eye because it's it's starting to hurt it's starting to hurt my head yeah. just like staring at the screen especially because I had like the lights off all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, kind of like whenever I beat a level in uh, Tetris Effect on VR, I'm like, time to close my eyes till the new level shows up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but but I haven't I haven't had a five star yet, so all these are four and a half. But um, well, Psycho, you haven't seen the seventh curse. So. It's true. I haven't. I was going to today, but then uh, Mallory wanted to watch a movie with me, so I'm always I always hop on that. So we we did Werewolves Within. Psycho Gorman was great. At first, I mean. I was super happy with it. So entertaining, so much fun, very charming, very funny, just overall super entertaining. And even even the scenes where he's talking about his, you know, home world or past conquests or whatever actually get pretty violent and fun. Um, yeah. I, just something that was not even on my radar at all and, you know, is one of my favorite ones that I've watched. Uh, yeah, outside of Inside, the Bo Burnham special, I think it's like my favorite movie of 2021. I love that. I love Psycho Gorman. I love that you pronounced it like a last name. Like uh, really they hard. call me. They call me Psycho Gorman. <laughs> yeah. of, the, of, the, of, the, of the Chesterfield that's, Gorman. That's how I keep saying it. I kept talking about Tamara. I was like, "Well, Psycho Gorman was." Oh, okay. Um, 
Psycho Gorman <laughs> kind of sounds like <laughs> you're like you're like I went to my notary public yeah. Psycho Gorman. I had to. Oh, I you know to, about Psycho Gorman, right? He does never lets us check out the parking passes. Yeah, <laughs> finally, you know, filed my taxes because I checked him with Psycho Gorman. Um, but no, I finally watched Frankenstein, which again is one of those movies where it's, I've seen bits, I've seen plenty of little bits growing up, but never sat down and watched it. So that was a lot of fun. Is Bride on your list? Because if not, it should be. It is. I'm going to go Bride and then I'm going to go Young Frankenstein. The Empty Man was a big surprise for me uh, only because uh, that that would be one where if you guys hadn't said anything, I don't know if I would watch it. If if I read a synopsis of, oh, it's a, if you're on a bridge and you blow a bottle, then he's going to come get you. Like that, that on paper sounds like a dumb concept, but I, I was really happy with it completely surprised and blown away the the opening like prologue story in itself is self could be self-contained and is like amazing you could make that a vhs yeah, segment or something and that would be yep just like completely you know that would be the top one um and of course it links back to the overall story but it does it does shift gears it gets to you know a bunch of stuff it's a lot of fun um another top one for me is eden lake less to say about it is more just a you know, it's a beatdown. It's it's brutal and it keeps getting brutal and it doesn't really stop. It doesn't as I like that. There was one time where I remember I was writing uh, in like a creative writing class and my teacher after, you know, two or three seconds, he was like, you like you like really treating your characters like shit. And that's what this felt like was just like, no, it's just like bad things keep happening. And yeah, it is less of a twist and more of just a kick in the gut. Yes. And, uh, but it was great. It, it, it gets pretty dark, but it, it was a lot of, it was, it was really good. Uh, finally got around to watching the ring, liked it very solid. Uh, the fear street movies. I know Aaron, you haven't watched all of them yet, but, uh, yeah, only the first one. It seems like your, your take was the second one is the best and the third one's the worst. That's that was mine. Peter seemed to like the first one better, which is to, I I agree. I mean, overall, all three of them were very fun and connected and that kind of stuff. But I it, I, it, I didn't understand when people were negative about the series. It was like, have you watched? All their complaints were like, it's ridiculous. Like you know, he's just they're just getting hunted by a killer the whole time. Like, have you watched a slasher movie before? I bet I bet I beg you. Yeah. <laughs> have you watched a slasher? Movie oh yeah, before? and and it the last movie. I I mean, I would say easily is the weakest because they're trying to tie it all together and they do a successful job in a lot of ways but then a lot of it kind of gets away from them but it's still fun to watch totally worth watching all three of them um it is fun to just see something like that like it that that, like i got to over the course of a few weeks catch him with a story and i was itching for um each story because i watched i didn't watch it during spooktober i watched it whenever they they were premiering and i was i got to actually like be a friday night they're they're dropping the second one on friday night and then like a week later or whatever i was like oh my god they're dropping that third one and i think the third one really really works oh actually aaron you haven't gotten to finish the third one right i haven't even watched the second one so oh then i don't have anything to say go on i was was planning to do a fun thing where like i do because it was the it was what I kicked off Spooktober with because I was really excited to see them, especially with Peter's recommendation. So I'm I'm doing like a first, middle, last weekend with those. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch seventy three this weekend and then sixty uh, sixteen sixty six the last weekend. Nice, awesome. And then um, my last two for like four stars were I really liked Come to Daddy um, with Elijah Wood. I wasn't really expecting much. I was actually I went into it expecting a three star maybe three and a half, but I think I gave it four. 
Um, and then Werewolves Within, which I finished just before hopping on this call, which I, I really liked, was laughing out loud at multiple points, was was very good. Um, my kind of surprises, either one way or another, some movies that were more charming than I expected, uh, Psycho Gorman, as as we talked about. Um, but then... Because you the, like hunky boys. The Elvira Mistress of the Dark actually was more charming and entertaining than I expected. That was definitely a, I kind of started it while I was working and, and I was like, oh, okay, this is like kind of entertaining more than expected. Um, both the house movies, house one and two. Oh, I mean, I don't, according to my letterbox, I haven't seen house two. I was pretty sure that I had, but, um, very I, different the first house movie. So good. Oh yeah. Ho- house two has a, has a tremendous, uh, subtitle. Uh, second it, story. It, it's incredible. House 2, the second story. Um, so good. Which, on its own, you know, makes it a you should watch. But no, it's it, it's similar and different from the first one. It, it just goes in a totally kind of different direction, but still keeps the the kind of charming wackiness of those types of movies and does it well. Um, Till Death, what, what that we kind of talked about. Lamb. Um, Lamb was, I was more just kind of confused at how I felt after everything was said and done, both as... Does this count as a horror movie? Should it and really will be called my a horror movie? Ever go down? And 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 pretty much, I was just like, I don't know. I also was like, whenever this lamb was on screen, I was like, oh hell yeah! Like I, I definitely felt like I was like, oh, I'm just watching this like cutesy lamb. Let's oh okay, great, cool. Um, so I was definitely on board. But but what was okay? So then my biggest disappointment, I would say so far, and not that it was, uh, I just kind of expected something more three star at the very least and I don't think it really was was the forever purge I was I was pretty bored forgettable all of that kind of stuff where yeah that's la- still on my list but it's super disappointing I think you guys should definitely check I mean it the out first cause... purge movie is terrible like one of the yes. worst movies I've ever seen and then they essentially made three great movies yeah um, I that's how I feel about those ones too where I'm yeah. like I didn't like the first one I I remember watching it even when it first came out and I was just so so annoyed at like the squandered premise, all that kind of stuff. But then it does. It does yeah, a hundred percent. It does the thing where I, w- I think I think I start counting. So there's at least three, if not like four or five times where, you know, somebody's got a gun to somebody's head and he's like, got any last words? Because these are going to be your last words. And then it cuts to the person you hear a gunshot. Oh, it's actually somebody else next to him who's shooting the guy with the gun. But they do that like four times where you're just like, oh, my God, I don't care. I don't care anymore. Um but I just yeah, you're 100 percent right because it's actually a movie where they come up with a really interesting premise to make a shitty home invasion movie. Yeah, and then it's and just then home all invasion. the other movies are like, oh, hold on, what if we do something with that premise that you left lying around here? Yeah, um, the other kind of just random movie I threw on that was just an int- not what I expected was uh, Killer Sofa. Which is about a oh that's not good I've heard amazing things. it's about a <laughs> a murderous armchair not even a sofa and um, no the reason why it's noteworthy in my mind at all is they play it pretty straight like like they definitely realize that it's an absurd concept and all that stuff but for the most part it's not like a big you know nudge 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 ha 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 nudge 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 like it it's definitely low budget in that shows but. For the most part, they're they are scared of this sofa, and they are they are wor- and this sofa is killing people. It is winning. It is it is conniving. I, I liked Willie's I liked Willie's Wonderland. Watch that. Um, How was the new Escape Room movie? I liked it. It was very solid. That was that was one where I was texting you guys during it, but very bizarre. The the theatrical cut and the director's cut 
are different, like very different. There's there's a whole extended the extended has got a whole section of here are the guys behind the game here's what they're kind of going for a whole you know three additional characters that in the theatrical version is just completely gone um and then the theatrical version's got a different character too because i fast forwarded through it and just like tried to see what was different that again major characters on both ends and then the endings are pretty different and set up different sequels. So I'm super confused at how, what, I mean, I'm sure they'll just figure out a beginning that's generic enough that it works regardless, or they'll, they'll give a little lead in to the third one. And that's the ending that you kind of have to run with. But, but no, I was very torn all of a sudden where I was like, wait, so what, how do I know what movie to watch without reading too much about it and getting stuff spoiled? But no, I like the Finally, first one. Finally, movies are getting into the video game business where you yeah. have a good ending and a bad ending. I get to pick my endings, the real ending. Um, but but no, I liked it. I like the first one, like this one. It's just a good fun. I always like a good, uh, yeah. you know, a cube, a saw, that, that kind of stuff, even if it's, you know, got got its own thing going for it. The last one that I kind of jotted down was I really liked the power. I wasn't expecting too much. It, it wasn't any earth shattering, but it definitely gave me the kind of the heebie-jeebies, just the idea of being in a in an old kind of hospital with like a little lantern and everything's turned off. It, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So yeah, it, it kind of has. Um, it, I watched it a few months ago. Um, the first the first hour or so is just like a, a, a brilliant concept. Yeah. Um, like I didn't, I didn't totally, I didn't love how it ended, but like the first hour or so is just like a really terrifying concept. It takes place during um, planned uh, blackouts um, because of strikes. Um, somebody who's already very nervous, basically in a, in an epic economic downturn, who can't lose this job, being forced to work in conditions that they don't want to, is just like I don't know. It's kind of like a perfect setup for a horror movie because all of us can relate to like. I economically cannot leave this job. I think any of us yeah. that maintain their job during COVID can relate to that. They're like, I was supposed to leave my job a month ago, but now the economy is getting weird. Yeah. Um, and it was, and I now agree. The, now the market is becoming an, a, a, a worker's market for, you know, a time. But like, I think all of us could relate to that. Like, oh, I should have changed jobs a year ago. Fuck. Yeah. And it, it also... But I think that's about it. I mean, other than that, I, I'm going to try. I actually realized today, Aaron, that it sounds like we'll probably be watching some similar ones, at least was I I never really got around a lot. Many of the Friday the 13th, like I've seen Jason X. I've seen Freddy versus Jason. I know generally, you know, slashers, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched any of them. So I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing those. So that's yeah. kind of funny. Then I'm like, oh, boom, there you go. Yeah, I've, I've actually been slowly doing that. So I'd only seen I'd seen one, eight and um and then 10 and and freddy vs jason before like two spooktobers ago and then i watched two like whatever in 2019 for the first time and then i bought the last year scream came out with that crazy box set which just felt fun to own yeah um and that's when i started crack i, I watched three four and five uh last year and um yeah i'm gonna finish it off with a six seven and nine because i've already seen eight and eight is actually fucking terrible <laughs> jason doesn't go to manhattan jason goes to an alleyway in toronto <laughs> jason's on a boat I, that's not as a snappy title though no jason's on a boat for most of it um, <laughs> kidding bill we'll see you on like like a zombie he will rise from the grave and show up on our uh, 
ending episode, which I believe we're planning to record the the like the second, so right after Spooktober of November, uh, and you guys will probably hear it sometime before the end of that week. So uh, more movies to come. I hope you guys are having a wonderful uh, Spooktober. I hope there's some recommendations that you guys were able to to pull from this. I have a few that I jotted down myself, and again, I think. I think we are having an, another potentially record-setting Spooktober, both by how many movies we've watched, but also just how much fun we're having. I'm having a good time. Yeah, and that's that's the most fun. The most fun is um, having fun, I think. The friends that me. you make along the way. I, I yeah, agree. If, if you're yeah, looking I to have it. fun, having fun is a great way to have fun. Hey, if you're looking to have fun... <laughs> Allow me to, to start you off <laughs> with a humble tip that I've learned in my many years of wisdom. Go have fun! Get fun! My- Get out there! Yeah. Or actually, in this case, stay in there! Stay in there! <laughs> Don't go to Hawaii or your friend's wedding. Ooh, uh, watch yeah, movies. It's, it's really... It's really hard to tell how much that's going to impact um, my ability to watch spooky movies, but uh, my wife has promised that she will be in bed by 8.30 every night, so. Wow, what a weird... Are you guys in Hawaii, right, that you're going to? Yeah. Is she going to bed at 8.30 Hawaii time or your time? The local time. I was like, uh, we're, run- we're running on Chicago time the entire time we're there. I mean, California <laughs> time, never mind, I guess. San Diego time. <laughs> I love that you had to like, hey, let's go to Hawaii. What can I ask you a question that you don't have to answer for this? Is is it just that the rates are low at the end of October, but the weather's still nice for these places? Or does your wife hate you and purposely schedule trips during the last week of Spooktober? <laughs> I think she just doesn't care. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the simplest answer. She's, what a she's monster. Like, and then like there's there's nothing I can say to it. We're planning a nice trip. It, I don't think it has to I mean it's sort of to do with the rates because they were really cheap when we booked. They, they tend to be. Um, yeah. But this is also like around when the weather is still just like yep. like really optimal. Yeah. Um so and if we waited a couple more months, uh the weather is like a little less optimal, but yeah. it's Hawaii, so it's nice year round. I was like the idea you're like, I only do this for two months out of the year between Spooktober and December. You're like, Yeah, that's a lot of time. Uh yeah. Anyways, uh we'll see you though on the other side of uh peter's hawaiian adventure uh, and the rest of our uh yeah P- peter juice is going hawaiian peter's uh, yeah hawaiian before adventure. the the other juices the other notable juice ma'am <laughs> the juice is on the loose baby he's not though he has been stuck in development hell we'll see you guys on the other side of spooktober happy halloween and happy spookin <laughs> Spooky time means laughter. Pumpkins in the snow. Where are you, Satan? These are these truly are the spookiest of times. (laughs) Spookiest of times. Oh, spooky me! Oh, spooky me!
Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, It wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, (laughs) If you can't, (laughs) uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>